All right, welcome fellow business people who have things that really give them shits about being in business. This special um, series, I guess you'd call it, we don't know how long it's going to be, uh, is a podcast series with me, Tess Crawley, and my partner in crime, Gerda Muller. Uh, we are both psychologists, we're both business owners, and we are both business coaches. So we occupy a lot of similar territory and have very similar backgrounds although we were born on opposite sides of the planet, more or less. And uh, yeah, so we're bringing to you ideas around the things that we all struggle with about being in business, but also why we keep doing it anyway. And that's the one thing that we love each time we do one of these episodes for the podcast. We'll be talking about the things that are really either giving us the shits or give our clients the shits, but also the things that keep us going. How are you going, Gerda? <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. And what a lovely introduction that is. <laughs> so for anybody that are listening in and might not know a, a lot about me, because I know, Tess, you have a lot of listeners in the US and yeah. other places of the world as well. Um, and when Tess said that I was born on the other side of the world, that is actually South Africa. So mm -hmm. we've got an Aussie and an ex-South African working together. And how amazing it is. Um, is it to find somebody on op that started opposite, opposite sides of the world getting together and have so much in common? That is it's just a bit frightening, actually, how much we have in common. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Including the things that annoy us about being in business, but we'll get into that in a minute. Um, so Gerda and I were talking just a moment ago about one of the things that, uh, well, I was having a conversation with some of my mentoring clients yesterday about the notion of taking your business online uh, if you want to be more mobile in your business ownership journey. So I don't mean by taking your business on the road. I mean that you could be running your business from anywhere on the planet, you know, the whole stereotypical laptop lifestyle. Mm -hmm. But to do that, you need to start having a social media presence you need to start building on that now. So we got talking about this whole idea of creating a social media presence and some of the barriers that get in the way of people doing that. And we've heard, we've heard a lot of reasons, in inverted commas, also known as excuses, why people don't want to go online. So true. Do you not agree? One hundred percent. And most, the majority, ninety-nine point nine percent of those barriers sits right here and for the podcast listeners that is in our heads right yeah right between our ears that's where the barriers are it's nothing physical it's all mindset beliefs fears mm -hmm. excuses right we we call a spade a spade because yep. excuses are stuff that holds us back and that's the same thing as a barrier and that's the stuff that stop people from stepping out so to mm -hmm. speak by being more visible online. It's fear. It totally is fear. And it's interesting the things that people are fearful of. I know that a lot of mental health professionals, because of course you and I are, uh, but a lot of mental health professionals talk about privacy-related fears mm -hmm. and fears of their clients finding them if they're more visible online, um, I can certainly say that having had the social media profile that I have built up, and I'm sure you've got the same mm -hmm. example, Gerda, um, you know, I've worked in prisons and I still don't get harassed by clients, current or former, online. You know, it's, it's quite, and I live in a quite a small community, comparatively speaking. Um, so I think that fear is just that. It's often a fear based on mm -hmm 
the what ifs, not the realities of what happened. Very similar to the fear of crime in our community. Generally, the fear is always greater than the actual risk of the crime occurring against you. What is your um, pet peeve, I guess, around some of the excuses uh, that you're hearing about not being more visible online? Oh, geez. Don't get me started. I think this is one of the things that shits me about our industry, right? <laughs> I love this podcast because I always, uh, I'm a person, I always look at what's the opportunities, right? Mm. How can doing this thing that requires me to step out of my comfort zone actually help me impact more people, help more people in better ways. And I can see that. So I can see that opportunity. I guess the the pet peeve is when I, I'm talking to people and trying to convince them, trying to get them to see those opportunities and then having to get faced, you know, and presented with those barriers, which I know is fear-based, right? So yeah. the, the psychologist in me knows how real that is, right? Uh, the business owner in me just wanted to go, just do it, right? Just yeah. take action. It's not that sure. hard. Um, so it's about getting that balance between the you know, two. So like you say, people do make it so much bigger than what it is. And again, I can attest to what you've just said. I've yep. been on social media for many, many years. I've never been stalked, never been, uh, you know, whatever by clients. Yep. Um, yep. Doesn't mean it can't happen, but it's not. Like it's rare. Yes. It's probabilities, right? It's, and you need to do CBT 101. What is the probability of this happening? It is very, very slim. And then what you need to do is really problem solve. And if it does happen, what, how, how am I going to react? What I'm going to do then, right? Yeah, yeah. But even before you get to that, the fact of the matter is that there's stuff called privacy settings, for example, on Facebook. Yeah. So actually yeah. we are scared of, the stuff that could happen where actually what we put out there is very much under our control through who we decide to give access to it. Right. Yep. So you, you can have a Facebook profile and nobody can even find you. Yep. Um, if, if we're talking profile, if we're talking a page, a Facebook page, um, you know, and I'm doing my normal thing here, just saying this is what you need to do, right? Solutions. But if you have a Facebook page for your practice, then it really becomes around treating it like a website that is on the yes. internet anyway. It's nothing different. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's exactly right. So I have, um, uh, I wonder if I'm going to go to Facebook hell for admitting this. I've got two Facebook profiles. One that is locked down. It is just for my family and friends. It is where I share more information about my kids than I want the whole world to know about. Every now and then my kids pop into my social media stuff that is for public consumption, but I don't make the bulk of my public social media about my family. You know, that might pop up in stories more so than in on my page or, or whatever. So that's locked down. That's private. And, and that's, you know, you can't even find that profile if you search my name. You'll find my public one easily, but you can't find that private one just by searching my name. You yeah. can do that kind of stuff with your social media stuff and you can create a, a public profile that is for all your um, 
business related stuff. So for all of my, I follow all the psychology pages that I follow from my business profile or from my public profile. Mm. And then of course I've got a page as well and, and so on, just like you have. And, yeah. and this is the thing that, that social media is there for you to use. It is there for you to connect. It is there for you to be social with and interact with other people. I have found that since having a public profile, I'm much more engaged in groups that aren't my groups, in other people's groups. I'm much more engaged in conversations with people I've never met because I feel okay to do that because they're not seeing my private profile popping up as a comment or as their, um, you know, the, the person they're interacting with. So if it really, so I've got this thing annoying my hair. Um, if you have got, if you have got real concerns and you're really worried or if you had a bad experience in the past and you're a bit gun shy mm -hmm. about privacy and social media, you really can lock that stuff down. Mm -hmm. um, and then by making, it's almost like having a decoy as well, you know, mm -hmm. making your public stuff as public as it can be. Yeah. That's the stuff that sucks all the oxygen out of the room. That's the stuff that gets the attention because that's what you want. Yeah. You want people noticing that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you my favourite, my favourite excuse, my favourite excuse, and because as you know, this has been sort of thrown at me a few times, mm. my favourite excuse is that I'll be judged. I can't do that because people will think I'm a narcissist. Yep. <laughs> 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 I think we've both had that one a few times. <laughs> yes, yes, that I'm going to look like I'm all full of myself and who yeah. am I to put stuff out there and do a live stream and all of that type of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. uh, and, and it's real, it's real. And I will admit that was the one thing I was initially worried about, right? Yeah. I was initially... Same. Hand up, same. Yep. <laughs> Worried about in terms of going, you know, who am I to do this? And when I started, not a lot of people were doing it as yet, right? Yeah, but yeah, it was yeah. even a bit more scary. And again, I, I had to weigh it up against, well, what's more important? What people's going to judge me on or the impact I could have as a result? Yeah. And it's about what weighs stronger, right? And for some people, yeah. the fear just weighs stronger. And, and it's really sad when I see that because it is so mm -hmm. unnecessary. However, uh, again, I think in some instances, they, some people might have people that criticize them. We've been there, right? And I think <laughs> it, it, it <laughs> yes, is about accepting, just like in life, you, you're going to have happy times and sad times. When you are online, you're going to yeah. have times where people are going to sing your praises and go, that's fabulous. We love what you're saying. And at times you're going to talk about stuff that people might get triggered with, you know, that people are going to have negative reactions with that and being visible mm. and stepping up, you know, does come with that as well. And it's, it's about being prepared that that's going to happen and not having this unrealistic expectation that everybody's going to love everything that I say. I think this is so true. And it's so true. I mean, I think that, you the fear that we have around criticism i think in particular it's not this is not only in um the mental health professions i know having spoken to other business owners that other professions have the same limitation but as a psychologist i can speak about my experience of you know people expecting you to stay invisible and stay within the four walls of your consulting room and not be any kind of disruptor outside of that. And I spoke to Clay Cockrell, who's a therapist from New York. It was a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, I spoke to him and he 
was a bit of a trailblazer in um, social media and podcasting and all of this sort of stuff. And walk, he, he set up this walk and talk therapy. So he's in New York and so he meets his, a lot of his clients. He meets them in Central Park and they go for a walk and do their therapy. Oh, who wouldn't? Um, but he copped a lot of criticism when he started doing that. And, he, and, and I was shocked. I said, well, I just thought everyone in New York was pretty cool. Yeah. He said, look, Tess, there are therapists in New York who refuse to even have an email address. They're so old school. Mm. So, you know, you're still combating that generation of people and those attitudes that cross generations, of course. Mm. So, of course, when, when people like you and I and all the others that are now coming forward and bringing themselves into yeah. visibility online, and I'm really proud of all of them for doing it, mm. we're going to come up against people who think that we're doing the wrong thing. And, of course, as mental health professionals, we will often get labelled unethical yeah. for, you know, because that's the biggest Dick, you can wave at a mental health profession. And it really hurts. It does get you right in yeah. Until you learn how to laugh at it because you know the difference between ethical behaviour, unethical behaviour, and stuff that just pushes people's buttons. Yes. I'm okay with pushing people's buttons, you know. I feel mm-hmm. like I don't need to be everybody's cup of tea. Mm-hmm. And I know that you you firmly believe that too. Mm-hmm. It's not what we're about. Yeah, you know, and I've often had to remind myself that, you know, just like how sometimes as a psychologist, sometimes I need to tell my clients in session stuff they don't want to hear, right? And I need to trust that the relationship that we have built up is going to withstand that so that I can, like, hold up the mirror and tell them this is what I'm seeing, right? And they're going to not like me in, in, in the next five minutes, but they're going to come around because they're going to see it, right? And similarly with the messages sometimes that we put out, um, you know, into cyberspace on social media, it's going to trigger people. Yeah. Now, we don't have that close relationship with them, but it doesn't mean that those messages isn't what those people need to hear, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I always remind myself that when people have a negative, negative in inverted commas, uh, it, uh, reaction to something I've said, I just tell myself that that means that I'm helping them reflect on something. I'm helping them become aware of something that maybe they need to change, maybe something they don't like, but I'm hopeful always that I believe that it's going to help them in some way, shape or form. They might not believe that today, but in the long term, if they maybe hear it again and again, they might start to go, okay, what's going on here for me? Because I'm having such a strong reaction. Because that's yeah. normally a telling a telltale sign that, you know, there's something you need to look at. Mm. It's interesting, you know, and listening to that and thinking about how the word trigger, you know, as a psychologist, we talk about triggers a lot and people um, being triggered by certain things. And that word has been sort of taken into popular culture now and it's become like a... Um, criticism that you can throw at somebody oh I've triggered you get it get a bit antsy about that but I think I think you're right when we do something that triggers a reaction in somebody Mm. it's not that we necessarily I think sometimes I will say something that I believe in passionately Mm. because I want people to just stop what they're doing and think about Mm. the issue that I'm raising for them I don't I don't deliberately set out to offend or upset mm-hmm. people um, I guess there may well be times when I do that in, inadvertently but I think you're right you know when we push buttons when we push buttons people get a reaction that they don't like and they blame the pusher of the button yeah. rather than looking inwards to to, uh, to understand why that button's there in the first place 
available to be pushed. Now, what is it that's caused a sensitivity in that particular area? So I often, you know, for example, I'll often talk about, you know, if you don't get adequate support as a business owner, if you stay isolated as a business owner, you will burn out. Mm. Uh, and, and sometimes people take issue with that. Oh, how do you know? because <laughs> mm. oh, it's not rocket science. Yes. Um, you know, so no, and if somebody um, just has an inherent opposite belief to you, you know, yeah. they just need to scroll past. That's what I do anyway, right? I realize that there's maybe certain religious, political, spiritual beliefs that I'm going to differ with other people, and it's like I'm just going to respect that their belief is different. I'm not even going to try and convince them otherwise because I respect their belief right and I yep. guess to some extent I expect people to react similarly to me and if they can't then you know <laughs> then again that's yes. an issue <laughs> and I'm not going to take it personally but I always come back to what is the bigger vision what is the bigger vision and I think it would be a miss of us as mental health professionals not to make use of this amazing opportunity that oh, we have yeah. of social yeah. media, of the mm -hmm. internet, of, of getting, you know, the message of prevention, especially, you know, when it comes to mental health out there. Um, mm -hmm. We just have to do it. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. And even if you take small and little steps, it's mm -hmm. going to be worth it at the end of the day. And that's the other final point, I guess. I'm not sure how many points we have but I know we only have so much time. Um, the other thing that maybe shits me also in inverted commas is that when people eventually take that step and they, let's say, do their first live stream on Facebook, and especially if I maybe have mentored with them, and I know you've done this with clients, you've really worked with them behind the scenes, working on their fears and all of this stuff, and they finally take that step, and it's like, you're amazing. I love what you've just done. I, you, you're a natural. It's like you should have done that like months ago, yeah. right? Yes. And it's like, yes. darn it, right? And then they go, oh, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought. <laughs> it's not as bad as you think. And, to, and the other thing, I think, you know, this is what really frustrates me, knowing as a, I guess, as a coach and mentor, is the fear about not being perfect. Mm. and not being good enough and I hear people say I'm just going to script this whoa stop right there put that word script on your banned list of words mm. that you don't need to script a live stream you just talk in fact you were the first one who said to me how many times have you explained anxiety in a consulting room with a client and it's like oh a million right well then just explain anxiety to your audience oh right penny dropped not rocket science I know I can talk about that stuff yeah. and so on and it's the same with the business coaching that I do and that you do you know we know this stuff we can talk to these topics quite easily and quite freely and quite naturally we don't need to be perfect and as soon as we try to be perfect it's going to stuff up yeah. and that I think also feeds into not taking ourselves too seriously I know you and I like we're quite comfortable having a laugh at our own expense um and I did a live stream while I was in Melbourne and I didn't have my glasses on and I was walking down the street tippy tapping on my phone the text that I wanted to accompany the video so I'm madly writing this text, did the video, went off to get the toilet paper from the IGA, went back to the apartment yeah. and then realised I don't think a single word in that text was spelt correctly. <laughs> <laughs> so I corrected it and that's okay. But, you know, it's like it's okay if it's not perfect. You know, mm -hmm. nothing's unfixable. Nothing's mm -hmm. un 
mm. undoable. I do, I do feel sad though when people do their first very brave live stream and then they they cringe and so they pull it down. I thought that makes me sad. I don't want people to do that. Don't do that. It makes no. me sad. I am sure. And you don't want to make me sad. I am sure that within cyberspace there is an upside down or a oh yes, a video of me floating around. I did. I just left it up. And, and, you know, even if I go back and look at my, my past videos, I go, oh, my goodness. But I, yeah. therefore, I don't really, I rarely re-watch a video. Unless yeah. maybe I'm, I'm re-watching it to do captions or something. Mm -hmm. There would be no other reason for me to do it. It's like it's mm -hmm. done. It's like I had a conversation with this person, just like I'm going to be lost for words or the right English grammar. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I'm having a conversation with someone, it's the same online. And I, I think if you try and be perfect, the pressure is just too much. Um, you know, so right, start at the bottom, right? Stuff yeah. up. <laughs> Stuff Make up mistakes. I've got, a, I've got a video that I did uh, when I was on the Gold Coast, when I was with you on the Gold Coast um, with Nicola. And um, it was the video I did about the surf race when I was a junior lifesaver when I was a teenager. And Loved that was a story. Loved it. It's a great story, right? Yeah. Um, I got, I had Facebook auto captions going onto that. Now, instead of saying that I was, because junior lifesavers in Australia are called nippers. Yeah. And instead of saying that I was in a nippers race, the auto captions say that I was in a nipple race. <laughs> now, I don't know what a nipple race could possibly be i'm intrigued and i'm yes. and i'm assuming that my audience is intelligent enough to understand that i wasn't racing my nipples with anybody else's <laughs> so i have left it there because it is just so damn funny it deserves yes. to be there right yeah. so you know there are times when we just got to let the mistakes show up and be real evan carmichael says you know, to all of his clients he says the same thing he says you're gonna suck when you first start and that's okay you're meant to suck when you start because otherwise you've got nowhere else to go like you can't yeah. grow if you're perfect if you wait until you're perfect i yeah. used to go to the gym when i was doing my uni studies and i remember um yeah there were there were people that actually it wasn't when i was going to the gym it was when i was talking to clients of mine that would say i'm just waiting until i lose some weight before i go to the gym or i'm waiting until i'm fitter before i go to the gym it's like saying i'm waiting until my depression's better before i see a psychologist mm. no just jump in now whatever the thing is jump in now and do it and get better along the way yeah you gotta start, you gotta start. Yeah. agree agree <sighs> and so all those excuses for not going visible not going live not being out there they give us a shit but we also that's why we love what we do as business coaches and and supporting business owners mm -hmm. and why i love what i do and be, being in business is i get to put the message out there and you're the same we get to put messages out there in the hope that it will touch somebody in in some positive way for change for them whatever that might be whatever industry they're in most certainly so, so the message is really to connecting with your vision with yep. your, your message and the impact you want to create ask yourself are you going to let the stuff stand in the way yes or no and i'm guessing it's going to be no i won't let it stand in the way take the action and you will start to see all the benefits of it in terms of impacting right. people getting that confidence in yourself in what you can do yeah. what you've done yeah. it, right 
Um, yes. and, and I guess the thing that we love about this is the impact that people can create and the confidence that it can build in themselves mm. once they've actually done this. We have seen firsthand what happens when people yep. start going online and how oh, they yeah. impact lives. Yep. Like and they grow. Large scale. Mm. Yeah, they grow. Mm. I would challenge anybody who believes or who falls for the myth that you and I have always been this confident in our live streams, I'd say go to our YouTube channels and find our very first video. Yeah, please do. Uh, <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not going to watch it, but you're yeah. welcome to. You know, mm. we, we, we weren't always. You know, our very first videos, we grew mm. as as mm. personalities in front of a camera, if you like. You know, we yeah. grew in, in our comfort and confidence in how we present online. And you will too. Well, people do. That's how it works. That's how yeah. it works. Now, I'm wondering, it doesn't look like we have any comments or questions, which is what I was, oh, do we? Oh. I don't think we do. Just, just, just a couple of hellos or hello to Wendy and Kirsten. Um, so I think what we'll do now is we will end the podcast recording. Thank you to those of you who are listening from afar. We love you and we appreciate your listening ears. Um, and we will see you again. We are going to. We are aiming to record this podcast weekly. Uh, we didn't record it last week because I was travelling and being a bit crazy. Um, but we're aiming for weekly. So some weeks we will be weekly, and some weeks we won't. But you'll just have to roll with us because that's how we roll. Um, and so we will. You will hear from us again very soon. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye.